Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 32. I'm your pal Val with the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? Doing well, Val. How are you? I'm doing great. I just want to tell everybody that this is NASCAR Radio. It's a podcast merging the world, I guess, of NASCAR and NASCAR trading cards. Uh, more emphasis on the NASCAR trading cards. So, oh, we have a great show today. Um, we're going to recap the 2020 survey I had out there about the best product for 2020. It might surprise you. Uh, and in 2021, Dunruss has been released, the checklist, and starting to hit the stores. And also we're going to talk about uh, eBay sales and completed auctions on NASCAR trading cards. There's, it looks like there's some movement going on uh, with some of the older stuff. So. But, um, yeah, Jason, uh, I was able to attend a trading card show this uh, weekend, and they had some of the new donors out, so that, that was pretty cool. It's always exciting. we got Daytona 500 coming up. Uh, we just got a lot of st- – uh, there's some races during uh, the week, Tuesday night, Thursday night, and then we gonna, we're going to get into the you know, Camping World Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and the Cup this weekend with the Daytona 500, um, and I—I I don't know if we tell everybody, but we're gonna—we're um, gonna try to be on, or we're gonna be on the Hobby Hotline. It's a Saturday video show. Uh, Jason and hopefully Tracy Hackler from Panini, uh, Uncle Rich Klein, and uh, somebody that I've known through uh, NASCAR Trading Cards, Logan Ward at Nas- King NASCAR on Twitter. So. A lot of stuff coming on. Uh, this is the, you know, one of the best times of the year for me when it comes to racing. So, so I'm gonna I want to give you the the noob question because when I was talking to my wife about what was coming up, she kind of looked at me weird and gave me the weird eye. Like, <laughs> with Daytona being as big of a race as it is, and you know, some people say it's like the Super Bowl and it's kind of backwards sometimes. Do you get more excited about the beginning of the season or the end of the season? Because I know for me, for baseball, it's about equal. So I'm curious, how do you feel? Because I heard you say this is an exciting time for you. So how do you how do you look at it? I think it's kind of like um, baseball. You have that first game. You know, it's the start of the season. Everybody's been resting and, you know, getting into shape. And they spent the whole – off season, getting ready for this one, you know, we haven't had any racing or, you know, say baseball and, you know, there's no, uh, these races during the week are kind of, I guess, like spring training, as you would say, if you're going to compare it to baseball. And then, you know, it's the start of the season and it's a long season, right? So it runs from February to the beginning of November with very few weekends off. Right. So, because I've heard it called the Super Bowl of motorsports, and I guess because it backs up against the Super Bowl, but I think it's more. I guess NASCAR needs to come up with a better name, but I consider it more of the, the you know, that that first game, and you know, with some of these uh, preview type races this week, and some of it is for qualifying for the Daytona 500. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm heard that and I've wondered it myself so I, I think that's kind of the answer for 
folks. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's kind of funny when sometimes you tell people that the beginning of the season is just as exciting as the end, and you're like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just that person's personality. But yeah, you have you, know. you have all the new drivers and the new locations and new sponsors and and new you know fire suits and new paint schemes and uh, new team members and I think I haven't really heard anybody talk about it, but they're going to the center hub, so no more five lug nut pit stops anymore. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm waiting for somebody to talk about it, but I haven't heard anybody talk about it. So um, it, it's just. You know, exciting time. So, and then with the release of Dunross and and uh, all that stuff, it's just it's just awesome. But let's put a bow on 2020. And I had put out a survey to you on Twitter and on the Nut site, uh, kind of like we we had done for the survey, the best mid range product. But this time, the best product. And you know, with NASCAR, we don't have a lot of different products. So it was between the 2020 Dunnus Racing, uh, 2020 Chronicles Racing, 2020 Prism Racing, and the finally the 2020 NT National Treasures Racing. And, it, you know, again, kind of like the survey for the mid-range product, Twitter and the Nuts guys did not necessarily agree. So we'll talk about Twitter first. And almost 50% chose the 2020 Prism Racing, uh, followed by uh, National Treasures, Chronicles, and then Dunross. And so we had about 52 people vote. We got 24 votes for Prism and 17 for NT Racing. So, uh, you know, Twitter likes the shiny stuff. And, uh, you know, that Prism had won the best mid-range product out on Twitter, so... I guess you weren't surprised at all, Jason. Uh, not at all, you know, because we talked about this a couple episodes ago, and there's definitely an age difference between Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and, you know, all of those social media apps. Um, you know, I think we kind of agreed before that we kind of thought this was the way that it would go, and we'll talk about the Facebook results here in a second too. But I'm not surprised in... If you had told me the age range probably of the average Twitter user and then what products they were looking at, I think I would have said, you know, this one's one, this two, three, and four, exactly the way that it worked out. Um, maybe Prism and National Treasures would have been a little bit closer, but we're talking 32 and 46%, so nothing crazy. But I'm not surprised that Don Russ is last. Um, and I'm not surprised that Prism is first, not one bit. And then over on Facebook, the NT Racing was the number one, uh, and it just kind of squeaked out um, Chronicles Racing from 16 votes to 13 votes, and then Prism only got four, uh, big drop-off there, and then <laughs> nobody selected Dumbrose Racing on the um I'm going to say that this one shocked the crap out of me <laughs> because I did not see, um, you know, I did not see National Treasures coming from the Facebook group. Um, you know, we may have been right 
on the Twitter, but we uh, I think we missed it by a landslide on Facebook. I thought for sure it would be um, either Dawn Rush or Chronicles. Because I feel like with Facebook, you get a lot more interaction. You get a lot more, you know, they should do this or do that. And some complaining as well. But I feel like with Twitter, it's, like you said, the shiny stuff and the pictures and people scroll by. And there is interaction, but I feel like Facebook has more, uh, which made me think for sure that Don Russ or Chronicles would be number one. Uh, but, yeah, did not see National Treasures. And it's really weird that National Treasures was one, but Prism was three. And, you know, based on the percentage of votes, it was three, and there was a pretty big gap. Um, so that was kind of surprising. So Facebook clearly threw me through a loop uh, with those results. It was a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised at the drop-off. You know, with NT with the 16 votes and then Chronicles with 13, you know, that, that's kind of really tight. And we, we, we talked about everybody just kind of loved Chronicles. Chronicles, that this was the first year for Chronicles. So, but I expected, I guess, a few more for the, the prism, but I guess, um, I guess, I guess that's where, you know, like you said, we were wrong. Uh, the national treasures, you know, at a three or maybe a $400 price point, uh, it's it's somewhat affordable, not like you know the other sports how crazy they are. So and, you know some of the uh, comments on the nut site was that um, you know Chronicles is a, Chronicles is by far the best racing Panini product in the medium price range, and then the 2019 uh, Prime somebody had said which wasn't uh, in the survey, so that was by uh, Lawrence Roy. And um, the other comment was, let's see how can I pronounce, uh, Julian has not. Uh, and so we only had really the two comments there in on the Facebook site. But, you know, that National Treasure, it's um, it's a nice product. It's, you know, kind of a hit or miss. But And I know with the Nut site, folks, they open it and then they trade with each other. You know, they, they know who collects what. So it's kind of right. uh, a, a, a more of a tight-knit group than, say, uh, and, th- and those are the diehard NASCAR trading card collectors. They've been, you know, like I was saying, there's a, another site dedicated that we were using uh, before Facebook and stuff. So, But then over on Twitter, we had some different comments with uh, – uh, Billy Kingsley saying, Dumbass, only legitimate set, Chronicles. <laughs> he, he was not a big fan of Chronicles. Chronicles are the, the biggest disappointment in being all the, same ba- all the same basic photos, just on different gimmicks. Prism is just a gimmick, and National Treasure is just a memorabilia delivery system, which there's a lot of memorabilia in it. And then uh, Joey Procell, heck, all I've opened is Dumbass. But, and Dunruss is a nice product. They said uh, that uh, Tom Pennington did Dunruss and Prism, couldn't afford the other ones, but you get a lot of doubles in Prism. Now, when I opened Prism, I pretty much was able to make, like, a complete set with a few doubles, so I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I got uh, – he got a bad box, or uh, I just got a good box. So, 
And then uh, somebody says, I got to say that I think Chronicles is way better than Prisma, especially for being a bit cheaper. And maybe it was just my luck a lot. It looked nice. I never got good value from any Prism I opened. And again, some of that is hit and miss, unfortunately. Uh, somebody, uh, LF, said didn't open Dunrush R&T, but pulled a lot better from Prism. Didn't get great autos from Chronicles besides a Reddick out of 10. Oh, that Reddick out of 10 is pretty good. Um, yeah. But both were fun. Still got to purchase my 21 Dunrush box. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of the survey there. Before we go, what's your personal opinion? Like, if you had to pick number one and number four, my <laughs> my number one would be Dawnrath, and my number four would be National Treasures. Where do you stand? And I think mine one and my four kind of tells you the type of stuff that I buy and the price range that I buy. But, you know, for you, what, what's your one and what's your four? Yeah, I, so I would, I don't know, maybe that's where we get along so well. I would say my one was Dunrath, you know, and I my four would be maybe the National Treasures. The National Treasure is not necessarily a bad product, but for me, I like, you know, to collect the cards, right? So when I was growing up, I opened up tops and, and baseball and stuff like that. And, you know, the 792 card set and, and getting as many guys um, from your, your favorite teams and stuff like that. And I think Dunruss kind of gives me some of that. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking for the big hits. Um, I mean, if they, if Panini had, you know, a set without hits in it, I would probably collect it. If I could get maybe the Crew Chiefs or, you know, maybe so years ago they would put more drivers and, and more team members in, and I say older being older Max and tracks and some of that stuff. So, um, so it gives you more of a complete overall of the sport, if that makes sense. So I like Dunruss. I, I like having a lot of the different drivers and they, you know, how they're doing the retros to get you kind of that old kind of feel, but with a newer twist to it. So, yeah, you know, and I like the value and hopefully the, the retail flippers and everybody else stay away from uh, NASCAR to help keep some of these prices down, so. Right. And I agree but with you. I, I, I would rather get more more variety than, you know, four cards of, you know, Ryan Blaney in a set, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then these are the ones that I'll probably send off and get signed. You know, the you, when you're, when there's more, I don't say flood of, of cards, but, you know, more general availability, they're usually cheaper and you know those are the ones you want to send off and get signed, and or uh, you know this is where you're gonna have the newer rookies and kind of your flagship, I guess you would say. And this is the set that you're gonna collect year after year. And actually, uh, you know when we get into the Dunros, they have a five. This is gonna be the fifth year in a row for Dunros, and they did a you know a buyback type thing. So. Even though they started in 2016 uh, with Prism, Torque, Certified, and I think National Treasures, you know, n none of them survived, you know, more than two or three years in a row. Uh, you know, with Dunmer, with, we talked about before with Prism coming back, 
with Dunros is really, you know, at the start of 2017, they put out the Dunros with the 84 retro style, you know, cards in there, and they, that kind of kicked it off. So I like the Dunros, and I guess, you, you know, would say it's a flagship. So, well, I guess we could move into the next segment and talking about the 2021 Dunros. Uh, the check went checklist went live the boxes have started to hit i've seen a couple of breaks um jason have you seen any of the breaks or anything yet um i've not actually seen you know like a live break or anything like that but i have seen people post some photos um and one of the things that i remember is i did see one of the buybacks you know on card autographs and we'll talk about it here in a minute but that's one of the things i remember seeing somebody pulled and they weren't aware of it so um i don't know you may know for sure but i don't think it was really announced. Uh, i thought it was a surprise but you you can confirm or deny that for me yeah i think it was a surprise and let me take this time to go through the sell sheet penny had posted out there's three configurations for 2021 we have we have a hobby configuration, a blaster configuration, and a fat pack configuration. The hobby and the blaster, you get eight cards a pack. Uh, hobby has 24 packs a box, 20 boxes a case, and blaster configuration is seven packs a box and 20 boxes a case. There are, we'll go with hobby, there's 24 silver parallels, nine numbered parallels, 24 optic cards a box. You get one optic a pack. 24 inserts per box on average. One auto and two memorabilia cards um, on average for hobby. And in the blaster, it's seven parallels. You get uh, seven packs, seven parallels, um, one to two numbered parallels, and seven exclusive orange parallels. Uh, 11 optic cards, including four exclusive orange pulsar parallels. So uh, you probably get one per pack, that's seven, um, and the four um, probably orange pulsar pack uh, to get you to the 11th. Um, and fat packs, I really don't see see fat packs much. Uh, I know we talked about it at the end of the year. We We did see some fat packs coming out. Um, but uh, 30 cards in the fat pack and 12 fat packs per box, 20 boxes per case. You get 12 silver parallels. Wow, at a 30-card pack, you get 12. <laughs> you get 12 silvers, uh, 24. Oh, that's a pack. All right, so that's a box. Yeah, the box break. Yeah, so 12 packs a box. You get one silver pack. Right. And two right. blue parallels. So you get two blue parallels a pack and two optics a pack. Um, twelve. So you get 24 optic cards, including 12 Carolina blue. So you get a you get a blue and a regular. So uh, that's the fat pack configuration. And for retail, uh, you get the rated rookie. Uh, you have artist proofs and the. Blaster have the base orange. Retail exclusive parallels are the artist proof black. So they do mention in 
the Celsius, the fifth anniversary. Well, they're sorry, fifth anniversary, but they don't say buyback, so it's not there. So you have the artist proofs, you have, uh, like I said, the base orange, base Carolina blue, um, and then hobby, it looks like you have the navy blue and green, base green. And then the optic, the optics look good, but um, you have a gold vinyl or cracked ice for the contenders. And then in the blaster, you have the 88 orange pulsar and the contenders checkers. Uh, so that's a little bit of difference uh, in that, like, cracked ice, whatever, different patterns. And then the fat packs have the Carolina Blue Wave for the optic, and Contenders also has the checkers in it. So uh, a lot of a lot of stuff in the 2021 20, Dunruss. Looking at the cell sheet, one of my favorites for the insert sets is the Thomas Treasures, the materials and the signatures. It it looks like the early 2000s Donruss Absolute um, kind of insert. It's got that sepia, that kind of <clears throat> worn down tan brown color. Uh, it's a pretty nice insert, sticker autographs, but you know it looks like they're patches. And then there's some parallels as well. That was the one for me that stood out, you know, besides the buyback. But everything else is, you know, pretty standard, but also nicely done in a standard way. You know, kind of you get the same thing every year, kind of like what Tops does with their flagship, um, the color parallels. So all around nice looking, kind of what we expected, but a couple nice surprises uh, seemed like they were thrown in. Yeah, they did a very good job with the checklist and some of these, like, inserts. So, you know, there is a fifth anniversary uh, version of the card, and it's numbered five, but the buybacks, uh, buybacks fifth anniversary collection, uh, let me see what the checklist says. If it goes up to how many there are, because they, <laughs> I think, very busy with the buyback. So it doesn't look like they're numbered in numbered order. It must be their card number, maybe. But it goes from like two to like seven hundred and thirty-six, uh, with most of them being numbered to five or ten uh, or less. And I've seen some of them, you know, they're on card. I don't know if they did anything special to designate them from another in-person autograph. I did see a, like an Alice Bowman, and on the back they put the Hendrix sticker. You know how we talked about how some of the team has put their own sticker on, on cards? Um, some of them do it over the autograph, but this actually had it on the back, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. And I have to give it up to Daryl Waltrip. <clears throat> so Daryl Waltrip, on the back of uh, his card, I think it was either last year's or the year before, on the back of a the card there's a box, and in that box they usually put the trademark information. Like, so if it was Hendrick, they'd have it – you know, Hendrix copyright information stuff. 
But on Daryl Waltrip, there was nothing in that box. So he signed his buyback in the, on the back in the box uh, where it was white. So I thought that was really cool. It looks beautiful. Uh, I saw it on eBay. Um, so, uh, you know, give it up to some of these legends who've signed a few hundred thousand cards maybe or thousands of cards. I thought that was really cool. But, yeah, the buyback, I was looking through the checklist when it was released, and I'm like, whoa, I don't remember – I know they talked about the fifth anniversary, but nothing about, you know, the buyback. So um, it, it was a really cool, nice surprise. And I don't think it counts as an auto. At the one box break, I watched that the, he had gotten an auto out of the box, and then he also pulled the Dale Jr. Out of the five. So I pulled them up on eBay because um, I knew that they were hand-numbered, uh, which is – kind of dicey sometimes because, you know, people like to try to get a little safety on some things here. But they are hand-numbered, um, and they they vary. Some of them are out of three, out of five. Um, but I don't think anything's more plentiful than out of five. I think it's either five or less, which I'm wrong. I just found one. Haley Deacon has one out of <laughs> ten. So, but anyways. But, uh, but again, ten, though, is not, it's not like 100 or 200, right? It's, yeah. Right. Plus it's a rookie. Haley Deegan rookie, so, I mean, who's really going to complain? But, so what they did is like a, I don't know what you call it, but it's like an imprint stamp where it, you know, people might say it damages the card or, you know, whatever. But Yes, I see it. Okay. It's like the foilless foil stamping. <laughs> I don't know. It, I guess like you call it embossing. Yeah, like embossing or something, right? Is that what Yeah, there we go. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but they did that, and it's got a nice little logo with a five in the center. So that's how you can tell that it's legit and and what it's from. Uh, so it is the signature, the hand numbering, and then this little embossing, uh, embossed logo. So it looks like maybe it's in the top right corner. Is that, I'm looking no, at no, no not for everybody. But probably for the majority of them. Yeah, so it's probably not an exact science. But, yes, okay, so... They're embossed. They're hand numbered the um, on on the front and stuff. So that is a really cool. And I don't know how how they fall if it's one per case or if it's um, you know how plentiful you know they they fall in the box allocation. So, but yeah, out on eBay looking at them, they're they're nice. And what you said about Wall Trip reminded me. I think it was classic. When they used to do those sets, you know, the yellow cards, the green cards, the purple, whatever, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure somebody will tell us, but on the back of those cards, I swear, they used to all have a box or a signature. So as soon as you said that about the wall trip, I thought that, I thought back to that, and I always thought that was a cool concept. Sucks, of course, that it's not the front of the card, but I always thought it was cool that if you wanted to make a set, you could have some uniformity to it. And that's totally and, off the subject of NASCAR cards. <laughs> no, actually, no, because in the 1990 Max, it's a black front, and on the back it was yellow, and there's a box You're on the right. bottom I forgot about open. That. Yeah. Because that is one of the sets, I don't know if I talked about it or not, or maybe I've been waiting until we get to that, but I have almost a complete set signed on the back 
of the nineteen nineties. That's, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's kind of like I said, because I have that set, and that's kind of you know getting cards, autographed and stuff. And when I saw that Walter, I was like, it's a buyback, but I don't see any autograph on the front. So I'm like, well, let me look at that. When I turned it over, I had flashbacks back to the 1990 Dunruss. So, um, and that's still that 1990 Dunruss is not a not the 1990 Dunruss. I'm sorry, 1990 Max is not very expensive and you can buy a factory set for, I don't know, less than or 20, 30 bucks, whatever. And, and the, there's plenty of guys still around, um, to get, to get those signs. So, uh, yeah, the buyback, I just, you know, being a NASCAR guy and sending stuff through the mail or getting in person that just, I, I got a sweet spot there, I guess, for, uh, the buyback. So, and, and again, at $72 a box, uh, and don't tell anybody uh, so there's no run on them. But that's, a, I think, a pretty good value uh, for 72. Now, I have seen uh, complete sets going for about $130. It's going to take you three, three boxes to complete a set. Um, somebody had mentioned that they had gotten two boxes and they had about 80 doubles, and they were short still for a set. But... That is very reminiscent of last year when I opened some packs and thought maybe some of them were short printed. I just had gotten, um, I just didn't get the three boxes I needed to complete a set. So complete sets are going to be tough or tougher than in, you know, similar to like last year, but uh, than years past. So for the set collector, it's a little bit of a challenge, but again, it's not, uh, anything crazy. It's not like trying to make an NT uh, National Treasures set where you only get one card uh, pack or whatever. So, and uh, there, and to your point, there's some you know subsets or some insert sets like the Downtown uh, that is coming back. The watercolors is new. Jason on the website where they have the sell sheets for the hobby retail blasters and retail fat packs. Uh, there's a blurb there that says, hunt for super rare, beautifully designed blank slate, watercolors, sketchworks, and downtown cards. And looking in the checklist, the blank slate, it's a 10-card subset uh, with Haley Deegan, Chase Elliott, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Danica Patrick, Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, Bubba Wallace, and Richard Petty. Uh, if they're super rare, I would imagine that they are going to fall. Um, it's not going to be one every case. I think maybe downtown could be one every case. The blank slate, watercolors, and sketchworks, I'm not sure about. but So that's the blank slate. And like you said, the timeless treasures. Um, those kind of have that like old look feel to them, and those are um, pretty cool as well. Like I said, uh, or like you had said, uh, they have a, a nice look to them. Again, that you know, Panini does a great job with the the donors, and so their sketchworks again, or not again, new this year. That's a ten card set with um, you know Jimmy Johnson, Brittany Zamora. She doesn't have a base card, but she has um, some autos. She is running ARCA this year. I know we've talked about her before. Um, she doesn't 
she's not running for a big, well-funded team or I think has any kind of major backing like um, Haley does. But uh, she's in the Acura series. We have Dale Hunter Jr., Bubba Wallace, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex, Richard Petty, Tony Stewart, Danica Patrick. She's still in stuff. And <laughs> Kevin Harvick. Uh, so that's the Sketchworks and the Watercolors. Uh, William Byron, Haley Deacon, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, Danica Patrick, and Kyle Busch for the watercolors. So some these are some new inserts um, that I think are a little bit tougher to find. Um, we still have our signature series. You know, we have the we have the silver and the red. So when I was at the show this weekend, I, I pulled um, Timmy Hill. He doesn't have any cards, or he, the only thing he had was a press pass relic card back from like 2011, maybe. But he was one of the iRacers, and he's been running Xfinity for quite a while. But so I noticed him on the checklist. So when I went to the show, I was pulling some Timmy Hill cards. I'll probably send them off uh, to get graded, but. Um, you know, looking at the different ways to uh, look at the different parallels. So, like, the base has a white border and the silver has the silver border. But when you get to the 88 retro, you know, the the left, upper left and bottom right have that 88 design with the that red, blue, and green. Sorry. With that red, blue, and black. But the right-hand corner, upper and left lower, that's where you're going to tell your parallel. So if you have white corners up on the right top, it's the base. Silver is silver, and blue is going to be, of course, it's numbered. Um, like this one here is numbered. I think it's 199. So, um, you know, the parallels are a little trickier, I guess, Um so basically just kind of letting everybody know what to be on the lookout for when you run into uh, 2021 Dunros. Uh, again, if you're collecting racing cards, when I was at the show this weekend, uh, they had the 2021 and 2020 Dunros, and, um, you know, they weren't very expensive all, at all. The guys were selling most of the stuff for like a quarter. Um, so I was picking up the silver parallels from, last year and any of the optics optics uh silvers uh, i'm still a big fan of the previous year's optics this is going to be the third year now for optic and optic silvers with only 24 optics to a hobby box and i think it was six six op, um six silvers so 24 minus 6 is, so you get 18 optics base, if you want to call it, and then 6 silvers. Um, so building a silver optic set is probably, you know, it's one of the things that I've, I've been trying to work on. It, they're going to be, they're rare, I would say, in that um, maybe in the coming years people will start appreciating them more. And the rate of rookies are also, uh, in that optic set. So, uh, and then 
let's kind of look at some of the checklist. I don't know, uh, Jason, you got any questions? I know I'm talking a lot. Nope, just letting you go because you're pretty much covering all the bases. Uh, yeah. You're on the 88 retros, you're right. A little tricky at first. I think especially if you only buy one pack here and there, I don't think you would notice. Um, if you're buying a box or something, you'll you'll catch it. But uh, it's a nice little subtle touch the way that they did it because sometimes if you have 20 color parallels, it's a little overpowering, but it works. So, But keep going. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly, and that's what, uh, you know, to trying to give our listeners um, an advantage or to understand what's going on, hopefully to take out some of those hurdles, um, you know, if you if you are not a, you know, not necessarily have to be a diehard collector, but, you know, if you're collecting some of these other sports and you're looking at NASCAR, that you have some information at your disposal to um, – you know, like I say, you might be able to pick up some bargains or if somebody doesn't know, um, not that you're trying to, I don't know what's the right word here, uh, trying to hoodwink somebody or whatever, but, you know, I always feel that information is kind of the key to making uh, financial decisions or as best as you can. So, um, you know, that's kind of why we're doing some of the podcasts to give people insight into NASCAR or trading cards and breaking down the different sets or series or uh, maybe to some of the older sets, some history to some of that. So, um, but the, the Dunross is, you know, like I said, they're, it's kind of like their flagship now uh, with the fifth year in a row. But, you know, the first set is kind of like the Donruss, um, the Diamond Kings, they're called Race Kings, first 25. And there's going to be most of your uh, legends and some up-and-comer um, stars, and then you have the rated rookies. Rated rookies return this year. Now, the one thing I noticed with the rated rookies, and we've talked about it before, is when you get to something like this, it's hard for somebody to like come out of nowhere. Uh, you've kind of had some warning um, previously, or they've been included in set. But so these rated rookies, it reminds me of like Bowman Donos. Donruss, I'm sorry, Bowman draft or whatever. So these guys and girls are at the lower levels, ARCA and, and other stuff. They're not in the truck series or, or Xfinity with the exception of Natalie Decker. Uh, she is in the Raider rookie set. She has been running truck. I can't remember if this is her second year in Xfinity or her first but she is probably the exception. The rest of the Raider rookies are all high risk. Natalie, she runs for a lower funded team, but she is running in Xfinity. So I didn't see any of her cards at the show, and they're kind of pricey online. But the rest of the folks in the Raider rookie set are all, um, they're a few years away. So it gives you time. So I would, I guess what I'm saying is don't overpay for any of the Raider rookies. Um, and then the next little subset is cars. Then you have your drivers, and then um, you have your 1988 design, and it's a 200-card set. I was looking at our winners last year, and we talked about, and 
So I think it was uh, Sheldon Creed. I was surprised that Sheldon Creed does not have a card. But our Arkham Menard Series champions, we had talked about for the last couple of years, Brent Holmes, Christian Eckes. And Sheldon Creed won the 2020 Outdoor uh, Gander RBN Outdoor Truck Series champion last year. So he was the only one that I saw that didn't have a card. So majority of folks are in in Dunra, so it's got a pretty good checklist. Uh, I see Grant Infinger. He was I thought I saw him in there. He's the other one, one of the ones that I'm just keeping an eye on. But it's it's a good deep checklist of drivers. It's just not you know 40 drivers and uh, regurgitation of different things. So uh, Vinny Miller. I'm just looking spot checking through it. Uh, Spencer Boyd, Tanner Gray. Of course, Haley Deegan's in it. Ty Majeski. Anthony Alfredo, Austin Hill. And it usually runs where the top of or the lower numbers all your cup drivers, and then as you progress through, you get to Xfinity and then the Truck Series. So, yeah, and then Grant Infinger is in there. So it's a pretty good checklist, plenty of inserts, plenty of signatures, memorabilia. Uh, It's I don't know what else you could ask for at that price point, you know? So the one thing I'm going to ask, because you've brought it up on the call and, and then before, is Timmy Hill. Why are you buying Timmy Hill cards? And I might be forcing you to let it out of the bag, but I'm curious. Because it's a name that I've never heard, and we've done this for almost two years. <laughs> so Timmy Hill. So if you remember when the pandemic hit and NASCAR went to the iRacing series, Timmy Hill was one of the drivers that uh, was in, is in iRacing. And I think he won, I don't know how many iRacing. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Googling his name, pulling up. But uh, he had had an iRacing win. Uh, it was the end of March of, of 2020, I think it was. And so I was looking him up, and then I realized that the only thing he had was the uh, 2011, I think it was, uh, fanfare. Uh, and so he, that was the only only thing he had. But he's been racing for quite a while, and it was just – it's not really speculating on him at all. He's been running in the Cup Series for nine years, if you believe it. So 128 races. He raced um, – 36 all, he raced all 36 last year. Let's see who he runs for, I forget. So it looks like Carl Long is the car owner. Crew chief is Clinton Cram. He runs the roofclaim.com car. Uh, he, I think is 27 years old. So it was just more of, he's been around for a while. Uh, he's raced 214 Xfinity races for 10 years. He's got one win. Uh, he won last, did he win last year? Hold on. I'm sorry. He had one top five last year. He had one top five in the truck series back in 2019. So, uh, he, he's been racing for a long time and he hasn't really had any cards. So it's not that he's an up and coming rookie or anything like that. Um, we'll probably, I'll dig deeper into the rated rookie set and see who, um, you know, who, who 
if you're looking for a new driver or somebody who maybe to go after. But um, right now it's probably Natalie Decker um, and in the Xfinity Series. We'll see how she's doing. And, of course, Haley Deegan um, in the truck making her debut in the truck series uh, this Daytona 500 weekend. So, But, yeah, so Timmy Hill was just one of the guys that I saw that was in the checklist who had never had a car before because earlier in the year I was looking him up when we were doing our research for the wins during the I racing series and um, thought it would be good to, to send off and get, get signed and um, give me somebody to – he was one of the persons I remembered from the checklist when I was looking through um, the boxes during the show this weekend. So, Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. So, but speaking of that, I, I did, um, you know, we had talked about Matt Crafton before on the show, and he's won uh, the Truck Series Championship before. Yeah, so at the show, um, I was going through some boxes and they had autographs and some other stuff. And, you know, we had talked about Matt Crafton before, and, and Matt uh, has won the Truck Series Championship three times, 2013, 2014, and 2019. Uh, he's got, um, you know, he's got some cards. I think his rookie was back in 2000. But I saw a 20, I think it's 2016 tour for $2 autograph. So I thought that was a good good pickup. Him probably yeah, be uh, in the Hall of Fame. So, again, you know, knowing – uh, a little bit about the drivers and, and the history and, you know, and one of, one of the good things and bad things about NASCAR is that uh, nobody knows a lot about the NASCAR trading cards. And so that's a bad thing. So the prices don't necessarily reflect it. But if you do know, you know, about it, then you can get some opportunities to, you know, pick up some cards uh, for cheaper. So I, you know, for two dollars for an autograph card, and not only that, of somebody who's won multiple championships. Uh, you know, it's in the truck series, but uh, that's where he, um, you know, he's he drives, and so I don't know if I'm saying that right, but you know, somebody else is if they don't want to take the time, or they don't know, or they just you know are dumping stuff that you can uh, pick some stuff up on the cheap. You're exactly right. I mean, it happens all the time, and it happens in other sports too. Um, you know, especially for something like Bowman with baseball, somebody's going to open a box, pull the autograph, and throw the other stuff to the side. And there's been plenty of times that I've found things. So, <clears throat> I mean, you're just you're just picking up the scraps and reaping the rewards. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And again, you don't have to spend a lot of money. So I guess. I bought, uh, when I was telling you I was buying the 88 Silvers and Optics and other stuff, I think I got 80 cards for $20. $20. So, I mean, you know, think about that. Um, you know, 20 bucks that's a blaster, basically. And, you, you know, that's a few packs, and you might get some good or might not or whatever. Granted, you know, but like I said, collecting the Optic and, and the Silvers, you know, I like, some of those parallels and a little bit of a chase would not, you know, crazy, crazy budget. So I know I'm, I'm going on about that, but, uh, anything else you want to talk about with Dunruss? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered all of it. 
Yeah, at least I think, until we get them in our hands. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've not really opened it. Like I said, I went through and, and looked at some of the, the parallels and stuff, and uh, the guys were talk, The guys that I talked to that opened it, they loved the stuff. Um, one, I think guys opened seven boxes, and but nobody had it at the show because everybody, I guess, had had opened it. So, uh, again, at a seventy-two dollar uh, or seventy-three dollar price point, I don't even know what the other sports are going for. I just heard crazy numbers when it came to some of the other sports. So, so twenty twenty-one. Panini Dunners baseball is 135 a box. Basketball is all 2020, 2021 is all out of stock. So, so it's about half the price of baseball, and we got all our logos. So, so I guess what I'm saying is it's still a good. It's it has an escalated in price. So I'm always leery. I mean, I always want to talk about NASCAR, but I'm always afraid that um, it's going to accelerate and be price everybody out so what i just heard you say was you're afraid that you're gonna let the cat out of the bag and everybody's gonna be mad at you that's what it sounded like (laughs) (laughs) well you know what i i don't know i think you know you have the traditionalists and they probably i love all the guys on the nuts site and ladies and stuff you know part of it is they have their driver and they've got a system down and the and nobody, they're you know, I don't say picking up the scraps, but they're able to collect and enjoy the hobby uh, relatively in a bubble away from everybody else and do their thing, right? So I always feel sometimes that, you know, I don't get a, a bunch of love from the community because they don't want to let the cat out of the bag. And they're able to go about their collecting. You know, just think about it, right? If you're collecting Topps baseball and you're still able to get, you know, your baseball boxes and other stuff at reasonable prices or, you know, whatever the original prices are or whatever without being interfered with some of the, the, the uh, I don't know, flippers, prospectors, whatever. So, so I don't know how much love they have uh, for me anyway, but, you know, I always like to – I think the hot, the sports is really cool, and we need to get you to a race. Uh, we get this pandemic. I think once you go to a race, um, you'll fall in love with it. It's basically a party with a with a race. It's uh, you know, you spend the weekend at the track or or go to a race, and it's a four hour party. So that's great. Yep. It's a lot of fun. I'm interested. We need to get this let the world situated. I hope everybody's staying safe out there as well. Um, and speaking of pricing and stuff, I've started to see some movement on, I know we talked about it before, about like the 1972 STPs. I can't remember if we talked about this one or not, but a gentleman had a PSA 5, I think, autographed, authentic. Um, authentic. It was a, and the car was graded a 5. He also had a Bobby Allison, I believe, that was not graded, uh, and it was um, he had it for five thousand, but it was like a best offer. I contacted him asking him if he would contact the, the buyer and ask them if it was all right to divulge the price because you know I always try to keep everybody informed, and of course uh, he wouldn't whatever. But there is a trick, um, I don't know if you know. 
that trick, Jason, or not, but uh, there's a way to figure it out. Um, this one website explains it. But uh, when I did that, it came up to about $3,500 for the 72 FTP Petty, PSA 5 autographed, and $1,500 for the Bobby Allison. Uh, when I talked to the guy, he said that he had given the guy a, a break on the Allison since uh, he was buying both cards. But I think that is probably a record right now um, in the NASCAR world for a 72 STP sign, and it was only a five. Granted, there are not, there's no PSA 10 for the Richard Petty. There is a nine, but it's not a very good nine, and I might have already talked about it before, but long story short, there is a printing defect on it. There's a yellow halo next to his uh, Richard Petty's face on that nine, so it should not be a nine. Um, and then I think there are two sevens, and then everything is down below that. So there's, like I said, no ten. It's a low population of those 72 SDPs, so uh, it's probably one of the iconic cards. But I've definitely started to see movement on the 1988 Max Dale Earnhardt PSA 10. That's the card number 99. Um, and we're going to talk about – I was wanting to do the 86 Sports Star photographics this week, but I guess I'm going to push it back to next week. But in the coming weeks, we I will definitely make an effort to talk about some of these more – these vintage sets um, or these vintage loosely, but these some of these original sets. I know, you know, we've talked about the 1970 clear um, drag strips, the 1972 SCP, 1983 Unos, but getting into some of the Max Oak, you know, these cars were going for a few hundred dollars, uh, about three twenty-five, three fifty in PSA ten. Uh, they're pushing about a thousand dollars now for the uh, Dale Earnhardt eight eighty-eight Max number ninety-nine. It's kind of a promo, and the nineteen eighty-seven World of Outlaws Jeff Gordon. And actually, I didn't tell you this, Jason, when we before, but. I've gone out and actually picked up a couple of 1991. So if people want to know what I'm buying, uh, I picked up some 2016 Prism Racing Blasters, and uh, they're about $20 a piece. I picked those up. I thought that was a good deal. And then the 1991 Tracks Racing, it's got Jeff Gordon's first card. You know, I said the 87 World of, War, World of Warcraft, World of Outlaws. But the 91 tracks is uh, when he was at Xfinity Series. I think it was Bush Series back then. Uh, it's got black borders, and I actually have a video out there. I opened one box on video, and I pulled five of those Jeff Gordons out of one box. So uh, PSA 10s are tough with the black borders, but uh, those 91 tracks boxes were about $20, $25 a box, so still very cheap, but it might be something – to pick up a couple. Uh, when we're talking about $72 for a box of Dunros, you know, $24 for a box of tracks to get Jeff Gordon's first card with oh, black yeah, borders absolutely. in in wax. So, um, you know, uh, you know, to be totally transparent with everybody, like I said, um, you know, I, at the show we were talking about how the basketball and how the 88, 89, uh, 89, 90, uh, racks and wax have escalated in price, and um, 
you know, for for racing, if racing does uh, start to go, Jeff Gordon is definitely one of the iconic uh, drivers in the last, you know, what, 20, 30 years. And um, that 91 tracks was, I would say it was overproduced, but they produced a lot of it. But the early wax is drying up, the 88 max, the 89 max. Uh, I would not touch the 91 track. Uh, 91 max, I would not touch. But the 91 tracks is a different story. I think um, it was produced quite a bit, but at least you have the Jeff Gordon in the 91 Max. Um, there's really nothing. There's no Jeff Gordon in the 91 Max. I don't know. I, I guess tracks had a exclusive for Jeff Gordon back then, or Max missed the boat in 91. So uh, that 91 tracks is, tracks is a good... Uh, it, it might be a good buy. I feel like it would be the second option that you said there that track or Max missed the boat um, just because of the year. You know, if it was 2015 or something, it would be a different story. But back then, there just definitely weren't the, the exclusives that there are now. So I would say Max probably missed the boat, but, you know, one of those mysteries we'll never know probably. Yeah. I, you know, I think Max was too busy – with variations and not to go into it now, but Max had their own club where you paid for a yearly membership. You got a newsletter and you had an opportunity to buy straight from them. So it's kind of, you know, like tops or panini or whatever having, you know, selling factory sets, but you know, it's hard to sell multiple sets. You know, how do you, you know, if you're, if anybody's in business or, you know, in sales, how do you get somebody to buy multiples? So Max, you know, realized the variation craze and um, had some printings. Now, they had the same thing in 90. Uh, 90, I think they had three different printings. And then in 91, they had two. Uh, so you can get a factory set, and there's a, print, there's a printing two next to the little window for the second printing. But uh, And then they did an update as well. So I guess there is... Uh, some of the three printing. So they produced a lot of that. Tracks, I think, had some variations as well, but then they sold it by factory set as well. But I'm, I don't know. And I think we had talked about this before on racing. There's no players association or drivers association. So they had to negotiate with each driver. And for whatever reason, I'll have to see if anybody knows anybody in my contacts why Jeff Gordon wasn't included with the. 91 tracks. It would have made it a much better year, but I had heard that they had printed so much 91 Max and that they were giving people, letting people buy it on credit even. There was just so much of it. But anyway, the 91 tracks has the Jeff Gordon with the Black Border first NASCAR trading card. So I know people are starting to speculate. So, And to be totally honest, like I said, I picked up about four boxes that this was like $24 a box. So, so Jason, I think uh, that's enough. We probably talked everybody's ear off for now. I don't know if you have any parting uh, words or anything, anything I missed. Uh, not much. You know, like you said, we're going to try to do the hobby hotline this weekend uh, and go over some of the more, you know, go over the 2021 Dawn Rust some more. Uh, but then also – I think we can kind of 
let the cat out of the bag a little bit that we'll have some blogs featured um, with check out my cards coming soon. Uh, so if if you're not subscribed to their blogs yet, you might want to uh, to get some some NASCAR emails throughout the season. Uh, I think we're both pretty excited about that and uh, looking forward to doing that for a few months. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. That uh, yeah, I think 2021 is going to be the year of NASCAR trading cards. Right with the Hobby Hotline, we're gonna you know it'd be great. Um, we'll have Tracy Hackler on hopefully. Um, if he can make it and, you know, be able to talk to somebody on the inside about the 2021 Dunruss, the check of my cards, the blog is, is going to be a lot of fun and sharing some more information on the written word and other card series here coming up in the next few weeks. We will be more regular now that the season is starting with the podcast. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to 2021 and everything else. Jason, thank you again for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the NASCAR Radio podcast. We appreciate it very much. If you will share it, like the podcast, I appreciate it to help uh, spread the word uh, about NASCAR trading cards. And we will see you next week, everybody. Have a great uh, weekend, Daytona. 500 weekend.